Um, if you are new here, we want to welcome you. Uh, my name is Steve. I'm the lead pastor. And uh, we are looking forward to what God is going to do. And even if it's raining, I want to encourage you to stick around and connect with one another. Uh, it was one of the things that we heard back from the consultation is we want to get back into community. We want to be back into relationship. And so I just encourage you to do that today. Uh, we have roundtables uh, set up so you can hang out and chat and have conversations. And if you forgot food, that's okay. Bring uh, uh, or there's hot dogs for you that we've brought. And so again, join with us. Well, we've been continuing this new series called What is Next? And so the first part of the series was just waiting on God. We've uh, gone through a week of prayer, actually two weeks of prayer, and we've been waiting together to say, hey, God, what do you have for us? And we've been dreaming, and we've been asking God to kind of reveal what he wants us to do. And so I do want to thank each of you who have filled out the forms and emailed us. We have read them, and there's some great stuff coming in. And if you haven't done that, there's a few more opportunities to do that and participate in such ways. But then last week, we talked about what does it mean to have a vision? A vision for our life. A vision for our family, a vision for our church, and a vision is always transformative if it's God's vision. And so we've been kind of asking God, what is this vision that you have for our church for this next season? How can we transform through you, through your Holy Spirit, this city, this church, and even our own heart? And this morning, I want to kind of end this series with how do we use our gifts? How do we include every single person as the body of Christ so that together we can follow this vision that God has? And this, honestly, this vision is for every single person to participate in what God is calling us to do. Well, when I started to play the piano, my mom bribed me <laughs> to practice. We had a schedule on the wall, and if I practice, you know, at least 20 minutes a day or whatever it was, you know, I would get a check mark, and I would get this allowance at the end of it. I remember hating it. It was dreadful. You know, it was Royal Conservatory. I don't know. It was, I think it was the Yellow Book. It was like, you know, do, 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 whatever. Then I went to the green book, and you add another hand, whatever. You know, it's whole notes, quarter notes. You know, it's fortissimo, playing loud. It, you know, it's piano, playing soft. And honestly, I couldn't stand it. It's like, Mom, this is horrible. Like, why are you making me do this? She's like, Steve, you will thank me one day. <laughs> then about grade 11... I started to take improv, blues, and jazz. And something came alive in me. I started to enjoy the creative process. I started to discover, you know, the connection of what my gift really was. It wasn't playing note for note what someone else created. It was me creating and suddenly the 20 minutes turned into 30 minutes, into 40 minutes, then into hours of playing the piano and just creating and seeing what would come about. 
And I started to love it. I started to enjoy it. And it's because I discovered what my true gift was. It wasn't sight reading. <laughs> it was improv. And over the years, humanity has discovered many new things. You know, we've discovered new stars. We've discovered new galaxies. We've even discovered that Pluto is not really a planet. It is a dwarf planet. We've discovered new ways to cook, new ways to flavor our food, new ways to decorate, new colors. We've discovered new technologies, new ways of communicating, new ways of doing church. And over the years, you've probably discovered what you are good at and what you would prefer not to do, right? Well, the Bible tells us that you can also discover your God-given gifts. That every single person has a gift. Everyone has something that they can offer. Something that they can use to build God's kingdom. Something that will bring you joy as you use it. Something that gives you purpose. That we were all wired uniquely in an amazing way that God says, Hey, I have something for you. Something beautiful. I've gifted you. Discover it. Engage with it and see what I do. This morning, we're going to be talking about how do we know what our gifts are? And let's start with the question, what are gifts? I'm going to read 1 Peter 4.10 again, and this is what it says. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. All right, well, what are gifts? Actually, this is a big question. It's a controversial question. And if you've been around for a while, Christians fight over this. Why? Because there's two categories over gifts, and I don't want to spend too much time talking about it, but I want you to be aware that there's this one category called sensationalism. And the other category is continuationism. And really what sensationalism means is, is that there's these spiritual gifts, these, uh, these gifts of healing, these gifts of prophecy that the Bible talk about, and many Christians believe that they cease to exist after the apostles. But then there's another group of Christians say, no, they actually continued on, and then they fight. <laughs> but actually, I should, I should point out, there's a large group of Christians that say, I actually don't know, and that's Okay. But rather than kind of getting stuck in the debate, Paul lists out numerous spiritual gifts through different passages which you can read for yourself in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4. And when you read through them, you're going to get these lists of spiritual gifts. But I want to point out, not all these lists are identical. That it's not so much about the lists. But the point is, is that we've all been given a gift to use, and I'm going to be focusing on that. So what is a spiritual gift? Well, the theologian Wayne Grudem says this, a spiritual gift is any ability that is empowered by the Holy Spirit and is used in any ministry of the church. 
pay attention to the word empowered by the Holy Spirit. This broad definition includes both gifts that are related to natural abilities, such as teaching, showing mercy, or administration, and gifts that seem to be more miraculous and less related to natural abilities, such as prophecy, healing, or distinguishing between spirits. So again, a spiritual gift is any ability given by God that He empowers through the Holy Spirit. Actually, let me give you an example of this. Is that many of you might be gifted in teaching. And maybe many of you actually teach in a classroom. And so that you are gifted. And so you teach your students whatever you're you're studying or you're uh, educated in. But you may not be empowered by the Holy Spirit to teach. You see what I'm saying? That sometimes... Some people aren't educated, and God uses them. He empowers them. He brings about this gift in which God works when they speak and when they teach. Even though someone's educated, it doesn't mean they're empowered to teach by the Holy Spirit, but it means they can. Same with preachers. There's many educated preachers who get up, and actually their main gift isn't preaching. And many of you know because you fall asleep, right? But there's preachers that come up. It doesn't matter sometimes what their education is. They may be educated, but God empowers them. The Spirit moves as they preach, and God speaks and equips others and does something that we cannot do. We can't explain it at times. And the Bible teaches that every believer is and should use their gift that the Holy Spirit empowers something in us. And those gifts, again, could include preaching, teaching, serving, encouraging, giving, leadership, leading worship, prayer, helping others. But again, not everything is listed. You know, camera operator, it's not listed. Sound person, not listed. But God is using those ministries. The barista, not listed. Cooking for the homeless, as many of our church people are doing right now, not listed. But God is empowering those gifts. God is using them, and he's blessing the community because people are serving. But the point is, is that we've all been given different gifts that you and I are not the same. And that was by God's design. That we all have different roles, different functions, different giftings. But know this, every single person has something to offer. And by design, God wants you to participate. But we should also realize that our gifts aren't just limited to Sunday morning service. That God wants us to use our gifts all throughout the week. As we bump into our neighbors. As we see a need. As someone needs prayer. You know, as we're reading our Bible. That it is again, we all have gifts. That God wants us to use every single day to bring about this transformational vision that he's calling us to. Paul also says that we are not lacking in any gift. That means that all the gifts are here. 
to already accomplish what God is calling us to do. Isn't that amazing? That means no matter what God has called us to do, he's given us everything that we need. It doesn't mean we may not need to add more people, but we already have the resources, the people, the time, the talent. But we just need to discover it. Let me ask you this. Should a church be more like a movie theater where you walk in and you're amused, you're entertained, you sit down with, you know, 200 other people, and then when it's over, you just kind of walk out and carry on? You know, you leave without connecting, you leave without interacting, you leave without sharing, without encouraging someone else? No, the church is not like a movie theater. We are called to do so much more. Christ's vision for the church is that we work together, that we connect, and that we help each other accomplish what God wants us to do. It's recognizing that it's better to give than receive. It's recognizing that we are meant to use our gifts and not just sit around and speculate. (laughs) That we all are called to do something. It's understanding and discovering that God has given us something that you can contribute to whatever he's calling us to do. And it may be as simple as encouraging some other person today. It may be praying for someone. It might be giving. It might be inviting someone into your home. It might be giving someone a hug who needs it. It might be making a meal You might be driving someone to church. It might be as simple as smiling to someone who needs it right now. That each of us has a gift. Well, next, what are our gifts for? What are our gifts for? Look with me at Ephesians 4, verse 12 to 16. It's a bit of a longer passage. I'm going to go through it quickly. Paul says, God gave gifts to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself in love as each part does its work. What a great passage. But it's loaded. (laughs) So first, I want you to notice that there's this sequence of events that Paul talks about in which the church should function. And first, he says, gifts are given to equip. Gifts are given to equip. Equip means to prepare other Christians to carry out God's work and the work of the church. It means that we are to prepare other people for what God is calling them to do. That means we use our gifts, again, when you're teaching, 
to prepare, to equip, to recruit, to train, and to send people to do God's work. But then he says, gifts are given to edify. The word edify means to build up, to help, to support in doing the work of, of Christ, the ministry or the service. In other words, when we come to church, we equip people to do that, to build one another up, to build up his church, to build up his ministry. And as we're rubbing shoulders and ministering to others, it's asking questions, okay, who needs to be built up? Oh, that person's discouraged. Hey, I'm going to go build them up. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to pray for them. Oh, I see that there's a church picnic, and it's not quite all set up. That's okay. I'm going to go help. I'm going to build that up. Oh, I, I see that there's people who need food. I'm going to bring food that, so the church can distribute it. We're going to build that up. Oh, that person is really hurting. I'm going to listen. I'm going to love. I'm going to build them up. Our gifts are used to edify. Then he says, our gifts are given to mature believers. The gifting of God leads us to maturing and unity. It means that for every stage of ministry, there's the step of maturity as you and I venture into using our gifts. Then we grow up. You know, to be quite honest, I've been told I'm, I'm a pretty gifted person. But I don't always like using my gifts. You know, there's, there's a part of being a pastor, like administration, you know, counseling, writing sermons. I don't always like it. I don't always want to do it. It doesn't always bring me joy. But as I've matured, I realize that using my gifts isn't always about me. It's not always about me being fulfilled in every moment. It's not always about feeling joy 24-7, recognizing that I need to equip, I need to edify, and I need to mature myself so that the kingdom of God can move forward, that I'm called to use my gifts and mature and grow up myself. Then Paul also says, gifts are given to protect. And there's this plethora of ideas and belief systems out there that are coming into the church, and that we, too, need to use our gifts to say, hey, what is true and what is not true? That we need to build our young people up so they can understand, they can stand on their own, that they can give a defense for what they believe. Our gifts are given to protect the church. But lastly, Paul says, our gifts are given to promote love. And as we serve together, and as we grow together, as we build one another up, we create this atmosphere of love where people want to belong, they want to serve. You know, we, we start to recognize that we all need each other, that we are truly better together. And when we use our gifts for His glory and love each other well when we do it, other people want to be a part of it. We build one another up. 
But notice Paul is saying God does not give spiritual gifts for the benefit of the individual. He says gifts are primarily given to the benefit of the whole church, the community. But sometimes, including pastors, will use their gifts to benefit themselves, to promote their book, to promote their agenda, to promote their own platform. I'd say that's not biblical. That we are to use our gifts to benefit the community and build one another up. pastor gives this really good illustration of geese migrating. He says they can be seen flying in a V-shaped formation, and to us on the ground is this thing of beauty, but to the geese, it is essential for survival. And if you watch them, you will observe that certain intervals related to the strength of the wind, the lead bird who's doing most of the work, breaking the force of the wind against them, will drop back and fly at the end of the formation. And it's been discovered that the flapping wings will create this uplift of air, and the effect is greater at the rear, and all the birds in the back are lifting up everyone who's working in the front. So the geese take turns lifting one another up. I love that. By cooperating and working together, the geese achieve long migrations that otherwise would exceedingly be difficult for even the strongest. And in a similar manner, God is calling us to lift one another up so that we can go further into godliness, so that we can go further as a church community and accomplish what he wants us to do because we can't do it alone. But here's what happens, is that our selfishness breaks down the body of Christ. It causes this dysfunction. It causes the lifting up of the one, or the breaking apart. And as a result, a person can feel disconnected and alone. Ah, but reverse it. When we work together and lift one another up and we love each other well, we equip each other together, we can accomplish greater things. People feel like they belong. People feel like they can work together. They grow. They mature. And they accomplish again what God wants us to do. Henry Cloud says this, other people can give us expressions of God's grace that we cannot produce for ourselves. Other people can give us expressions of God's grace that we cannot produce for ourselves. In other words, we need each other. We actually fall short or we, we all have blind spots where people can give us expressions of God's grace to help us grow. Or when we lack gifting, hey, we can call someone who's better at a certain area and say, hey, come, join me. I need you to do this because I'm weak here. And together, we can do greater things.
So next, what are my gifts? How do we know what our gifts are? Again, 1 Peter says, each of you should use whatever gift you have received. In other words, every single person has a gift. J.D. Greer used this diagram to help us discern our spiritual gifts. If you want to just throw that up. You'll see three different circles. One is just affirmation, ability, and affinity. And where they intersect is where potentially your spiritual gift is. He says that a spiritual gift usually reveals itself in the confluence of what we are passionate about, what we're good at, and also within the affirmation of others. An ability refers to what we're good at. The affinity refers to what we're passionate about. And then the affirmation refers to, you know, the community saying, yeah, you actually are good at that, or maybe you're not so good at that. So often spiritual gifts coincide with, again, natural abilities that you already have, and God takes this natural talent and empowers it and uses it for his glory. And so ask yourself, what what am I good at? What am I passionate about? What do others see in me? Put those together and you'll probably know what your spiritual gift is. But here's some other ways that you can discern that. Start by just asking God. The giver of good gifts. God, what is it that you have given me that you want me to use for your glory? Then open up God's word. And read passages like 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4, 11, And see, hey, Do any of those things resonate with me? Am I called to do any of those things? And then ask the people in your life who know you well, who've watched you serve, who who really know you deeply. You know, as you are serving, someone may say, hey, I noticed that you're really hospitable. I think you may have that gift. Hey, hey, I noticed that you're really passionate about the non-Christian people in your life. And you're really good at building bridges. You may have the gift of evangelism. Hey, I heard you pray. I I think you may have the gift of prayer. There's something that's happening in the spiritual realm. Something that's happening even in me as you're praying. Again, pay attention. Ask people around you. Hey, where do you think I'm gifted? think lastly, serve. Try some things. Look for where there's needs and jump in and see if you're passionate about it. See if you're good. See if God blesses it. I think the best way to learn how God has gifted you as the member of Christ is to actually jump in and do his work. Start with what is needed. What comes naturally? What moves you spiritually? What does God bless when you use your skills or gifts? What starts to flourish in you and around you as you serve? And it might be as simple as teaching a Sunday school class. 
It might be facilitating a small group. It might be gathering people in your neighborhood. It might be cooking for others. I don't know. The list can go on and on and on. In other words, there's endless ways in which we can serve. There's endless ways in which we as a community of believers can be the body of Christ. Ask God. Look into his word. Ask those who know you. One other thought is stop looking at other people's gifts. Stop comparing yourself. Oh, I can't do it like them. I'm not as gifted. I'm not as eloquent. I think so often we can become so fixated on what we don't have and we neglect what God has actually given us. And we don't grow our gifts. We don't take a step into maturity. To be honest, even as a young guy, as a young preacher, I felt this. I never thought I was going to arrive. I never thought I was going to get better. But after years and years of using my gifts, I look back and go, oh, I do see how God grew me. I do see how God used me. So I want to encourage you just to take a step. Ask God what you can do today. The goal is that the body of Christ in each location across Canada would grow up into maturity until the whole body is joined and knit together by every joint which is supplied by Christ. And when each part is working properly, it builds itself up in love. Have you discovered your spiritual gifts? I'm going to leave you with this illustration. I've used it before. That CNN reported years ago where nine beachgoers, including children and an elderly woman, were trapped in a current at Panama City Beach in Florida. You know, a bunch of bystanders saw them as they were crying for help. And then 70 to 80 strangers started to hold hands and create a human chain. And eventually, were able to rescue all nine beach cores. But isn't this an amazing picture of what happens when we all use our gifts and work together as the church? that we can accomplish things that we can't actually do alone. That we can do things in our church and in our community. We can rescue other people. We can dream. We can build one another up. And God uses the church when we work together. When we link arms. So here's some questions. I'm going to call the worship team up. These questions are meant just to prompt you. Ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you. The first question is, what gifts have you received from God so that you can serve and minister to others? What flourishes when you use your gifts? And how can you equip and build others up? 
I call the prayer teams up. And if you need prayer, you're welcome to come up. It doesn't have to do with anything to do with the service. Maybe you're going through a difficult week. You just need ministry this morning. There's people who want to use their gifts this morning. Let's pray. God, thank you that this is your church. That this is your plan for us to function and work together. So God, I just pray that we would take the time and ask the question, what can I do for you? Jesus, what have you empowered in me so that I can build one another's up? And God, as we dream about new vision, I just pray that people would experience you in new ways, that they would rise up and use their gifts in new ways. that we would mature and that we would come alongside one another as the body of Christ and accomplish the purposes and plan that you have for CRBC. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's stand together.